Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to John about the G-Men. This was our bi-week special episode, but before we get started, we can't get to the bi-week unless we get to the game that got us to the bi-week, and this week we start off with the recap of the Giants and Patriots. Excuse me? That messed up. I don't know what happened here. <laughs> it's, is it running on your end? It is not. It started to for both. Soundtrack. About the G-Men, I'm your host, and with the most, I'm Isaiah Groves, also known as King Zay, with your boy Joe Aguirre, who's always rocking with us. And Joe, <laughs> I ask you now, two wins in a row. How you feeling about these Giants? Look, you know, it, it's funny, just in, in watching that that highlight film, you, you see everything that's right about the Giants. And when the offensive line is able to block, they've got guys, talented guys. Jalen Hyatt's been outstanding. What a game he had uh, the last couple of weeks. He's been outstanding. You got to get on the football and on the defensive end, all the turnovers the last couple of weeks. That's what this defense wasn't really doing earlier in the year. And like, 
they they they've sort of got it all together, Zay. They're they're putting it together with Tommy DeVito at the quarterback position, which makes you wonder what they could be doing uh and what could have happened earlier in the year when when Daniel Jones was healthy if the offensive line hadn't been such a disaster. Yeah, completely completely agree with you. This team has looked obviously way better as of lately. Um the offensive line is blocking slightly better. They haven't been what we wanted, but they look a lot better. Um, when you think about the explosive plays we talked about, you see, you know, Jalen Hyde, 95 yards, you know, just attacking and going after these these deep balls and looking like, you know, little Odell Beckhamish, you know, out there wearing that number 13, making us all feel proud. That's obviously the reason why he took number 13, and that's what we're hoping that he could be for us, the next Odell impact player for us. But I'm, I'm like I said, I've been encouraged with this team. I told you I've never jumped off shift. But I feel if we had Daniel Jones, this team would easily be six and six right now and be in a way better position. Obviously, things didn't start off well, but the team did improve and has continued to improve as things have gotten better. So I'm encouraged uh, going down the stretch. You know, it's funny in our in our group text the other day. Obviously, Sean Scanlon isn't isn't with us tonight. He's out of town, unfortunately, but. He texted right after that game ended, and he said, now that we're picking 15th, who are we taking? You know, <laughs> look, there was right, a lot of talk about this giant team maybe tanking, and maybe that was in the best interest this, of this team. Maybe they wouldn't win another game all season, and I think some people were sort of resigned to that thought. Um, you know, look, uh, let's, let's talk for a second about your real peppers. <laughs> and the, the little controversy that came up, you know, here's the thing. Like, if you don't think that these guys say, you know, you, you, you were a pretty standout player in high school. I played on a very successful uh, team my senior year in high school, my junior year as well. Um, everybody's out there trying to win the football game. And sometimes you run into a team that's just better than you. That's just more talented than you. And and all you could do is is try to stop from getting taken behind the shed, um, but it it hurts nonetheless. Like these guys are giving it their all, and it's been a disappointing season for the Giants. They lost a lot of games earlier in the year, games a year ago that they figured out ways to pull out. You saw the, some frustration from Jabril Peppers and what he said <laughs> to Saquon Barkley, you know, yeah. but it's. Uh, Jabril Pepper said something interesting because he 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 kind of threw this out there and he's like I own what I said but he said a lot of things get picked up by NFL films mm. and a lot of that stuff never sees the light of day and he felt a little betrayed that they aired aired th this dude's grievance and you know what it, to it, his credit it, it's his fault by what he said no it's it's his fault it's 2023. It's social media. Everyone's got a camera. Everyone's got a mic. Everyone's listening. You got to be on your piece of cues. You talk about it all the time when we, you know, we're in school and radio and hot mics and always being alert. And you just, you know, when you're in the industry, you got to understand that the camera's always on. You have to be a certain way all the time or while you're in front of these cameras, at least. And he broke cover. He, you know, he, he broke character. Like, you know, wrestling, you know, sometimes when you, when the, you know, when a wrestler does something, you know, the big bad guy does something nice or something like that. And it gets caught on camera, you know, he broke character and 
you can't do that when you're on the field. And, and Jabril will learn from that. I, I hope. When I think of a hot mic situation that ended in total disaster, you know who I always think of? Our yeah, boy Donald it. Sterling. Oh, <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> oh, man, that's that. But again, and I tell you, I, I completely agree with his statement. I mean, <laughs> look, they make a lot of money. You you see how they move. Uh, <laughs> I completely agree with the statement of Donald Sterling. Though he could use better wording, I, I wouldn't want those players hanging around my wife neither. Not with the money they make, especially not with the money I make. <laughs> yeah, let's not use that one. But there have been right. other times, you know, announcers have been caught saying things that they shouldn't say, and their mics are on. They thought because the national anthem was playing, they wouldn't be heard over the air or something like that. So again, it's professionalism. You have to learn professionalism out here. You just cannot be out here, you know, willy nilly. You have to understand how to be in certain spotlights. But to be fair, like the the line from Peppers, I, I mean, I forget exactly it's something to the effect of "You're lucky we're ass right now," is an accurate <laughs> statement by Jabril Peppers, and he's saying it to his boy, his former teammate, a friend, you know, and he's kind of goofing around with him. But in a, you know, you're lucky that this team's not very good right now. Or, well, not, not really his boy. I mean, you know, Jabril was a giant. He was here a couple yeah. years ago. He was here. So, you know, there's a relationship there. They, you know, they play together. They, you know, they, you go on the battle together. When you, you know, when you've done that, that, that there's a big, there's, there's a bond there. And, and Jabril and Saquon were just doing something friendly. It obviously wasn't malicious. He wasn't trying to embarrass his team and make them feel, you know, like they were trash. He just, you know, he meant they weren't good right By now. By the way, I do want you to eat your words on somebody. Uh-oh. Who? on Thibodeau. All right. I see. He's a monster. He has become, he I, has become everything we want this dude to be. <laughs> and I could I, I think I told you a few weeks ago, I got my son his first Giants jersey, his first official Giants jersey. And number five's near and dear to me. I've worn number five. Uh, in most of the sports I've played during my lifetime, I love Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, and that was the jersey I got my son. And literally since I got that jersey, this dude has like turned it up a notch to like superstar status. He's he's starting to get there. He's like pushing the envelope. I would still like to see this guy like Lawrence Taylor Motor. Lawrence Taylor motor. I'm not saying he's Lawrence Taylor. I'm saying the motor with which Lawrence Taylor operated where he's trailing a play and he's, he's running a four, four 40 after you and he's coming and he's getting guys to be on. I still I, I see Thibodeau running down the field a lot and he's just running. He's not really looking to make a play on the back end and in it. That upsets me a little bit where I'm like, oh, come on, dude. You you could kill somebody from behind running down that. He's got some speed. He's a great tackler. I, I'd like to, if he could run a motor like LT, this guy's a this guy's a bona fide superstar. Uh, uh, LT was running on way other, way <laughs> drugs than you could imagine, you know, the night before. So 
there's a little bit to the mania that was LT. So <laughs> the maniac that was LT was fueled by a little more than, you know, G Fuel and Prime uh, uh, pre-workouts. It was more going on than in the 80s. Yeah, so, uh, fair enough. Again, I, again I, I, I'll own up to it. I'll eat my words. I, I said, again, I thought he was a bust. I haven't been happy. I'm still not happy with Neil. I was so, going to say, as for Lorenzo Neal, point still, yeah. you, you you made your Evan point Neal, on that. And, Evan Neal, but I, I will own. Oh, yeah, Evan I Neal. Alonzo Neal was the uh, was uh, uh, a fullback for the Bengals back about 12 years ago. Um, I, I will own to, I will own up to, I was wrong about Kayvon. They got to move, they got to move Neal in a spot. It's funny you said that because that brings us to our very, very next topic, which I'm not even sure if it's going to work. We decided to do this on Monday as well. So you guys could enjoy the bye week um, as well. So obviously not where we want to be right now at four and eight. um, But I am proud of the guys, the way they've continued to battle and compete over the last few weeks. Um, You know, again, when things are bad, you can they can go one of two ways and you know I'm really proud of the way the guys have continued to come in and compete and we've seen um, some progress over the last couple of weeks and the, and the results you know to show so um, a lot of a lot of you know we got five games left so you know against the NFC teams you know against four different teams and you know we're not out of it so Daniel you know he's five days off his surgery um, he's in there rehabbing right now um, you know he's gonna attack it you guys all know Daniel and his work ethic, you know, probably a guy we're going to have to pull back. But the expectation is when Daniel's healthy that he will be our starting quarterback. Um, you know, again, we don't have a crystal ball in terms of how the rehab's going to go. You know, different patients respond differently to these surgeries. And, you know, whether it's going to be swelling in the knee or any setbacks, again, nobody has a crystal ball on this. But that's the expectation moving forward. So uh, with that, I'll open up to any questions you guys may have. When you say Daniel will be your starter, does that mean you won't draft a quarterback next year? No, it does. I, I think we're going to have to do something in the quarterback, um, whether it's free agency or or the draft. I mean, just where we are, Tyrod's um, contract's up. You know, DeVito is obviously under contract. And Daniel, you know, we don't know when he's going to be ready. So, you know, just from an off-season program standpoint, you know, I think um, that'll be a position that we'll, we'll have to look. Um, again, there's different avenues, free agency or the draft, but we'll, we'll have to address it at some point. Due to restraints, we weren't able to get the full video. He also mentioned Evan Neal not being moved to guard. He explained that they've watched a lot of film on them, and he said the boy can play tackle, and they're going to continue to work with him at tackle. So that will be the forward-moving goal of the Giants. So with that, my friend Joe, I now ask you, what do you make of this Joe Shane presser? Let me start then with the – with the Lorenzo Neal thing. Oh, Evan Neal. We're going to move Lorenzo from your vocabulary. I'm going to continue to call Let's let's say Evan Uh, five times in a row. Evan, Evan, Evan. Evan. (laughs) So so listen, uh, you know, the thing with Evan Neal is uh, he's a big guy, 6'8", 330. Um, You know, he played right tackle at Bama. He played some guard. He played left tackle. They, They were able to move him around. And I and I think back to, you know, obviously uh, Andrew Thomas struggled, and uh, then he stopped struggling, and he started. This is a, this is a hard league, and you're you're gonna face 
at least four out of the 17 games, you're going to face the Cowboys and the Eagles, who are two of the more aggressive defenses with two of the best front fours in the game. And, and so, you know, because of that, and if they throw Washington in there as well, I mean, you, you, you've got, uh, you're in a very physical conference. I do think Evan Neal can, can, I do think he's got the talent. I mean, I, I watched this guy play in college, big fan of his. When I saw there was a possible scenario for the Giants to get Neal and Thibodeau, you know how excited I was. And then it happened. <laughs> I was thrilled. Uh, obviously, Thibodeau's realizing the potential. I don't think Evan Neal is a mistake. I I mean, if they're going to work with him at tackle, whatever that means exactly, I don't know what they're doing currently with him. Oh, he's, um, injured. he's injured currently, so he's bit, not doing anything. Yeah. What I'm saying, like, you know, what, what were they doing before he was injured that – we're going to work with them like they keep to keep them at the position. What were you doing before? Because it wasn't working. Um, it's a question of Bobby. That, listen, Bobby that Johnson. said, this guy's <laughs> got amazing versatility. He's got great size. And the, the Giants still have to address the offensive line going in the next season one way or another. You, you, you're probably set at center, you know, once Schmitz kind of gets it together and, and consistently – but he's he's going to be a great center. Thomas obviously has has the the left tackle spot. I think Evan Neal long term, you know, has a place on this line. But you still have a couple spots that you're going to have to address in the future here. Uh, I don't, you know, I mean, Justin Pugh's been been a, a great addition. That's not a long term plan. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's it's not so great for now. Great for now but. Next year, you, you still got to address it. So, again, whether you go out and, and, and get a right tackle and move Evan Neal in, uh, this is the same team that said they didn't sign Odell Beckham to trade him. I realize it's a different regime, but fool me once. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> let's let's move on to the next part where he was talking about Daniel Jones. Well, before, we, before you even go there, he mentioned injuries. But also, when that was left out, I wasn't able to fit that in. Now, I asked you about this. How do they now address that? Because you mentioned Thomas, who, again, is a big injury guy who stays injured. Evan Neal, who's injured. We know that the line has been shifted all around and moved around. What do you make of, you know, a situation for the Giants to improve injury-wise? How do they go about that? Yeah, well, I mean, that's tough. That's a tough situation. Uh, it, it It almost seems to me like, you know, you remember earlier in the year when Saquon was out and I think it was Joe Shane was the one that said he, he's a fast healer and he missed exactly the amount of games that they initially said he was going to miss. So he's not a fast healer. Well, we don't know uh, if that was all Saquon wanting to sit out or the Giants wanting to sit him out because he is still playing injured currently. Sure. All of this could be a lot of things is my point. But Andrew Thomas... I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I'm not sure. And the same thing with, with Evan Neal. I'm not sure how hurt these guys as much as are they holding these guys back. And as you just mentioned, you know, shifting guys around, they've, they've won a couple games and they've been able to make it work. Uh, in the case of Evan Neal, he's struggling. So I, I'm just saying, I don't know. Like, 
No, I get that, but why would you hold back? Again, he mentioned that they're not out of it. They're I think they're protecting. I think they're, they're protecting Evan Neal. But again, you're still possibly in a playoff position, and, and again, obviously, we'll get into that later. If whether the Giants should go after a playoff position, whether they should lose out the rest of the games, obviously, fans have clearly split on that across Twitter and the world, and every you know Giants nation as it is. So uh, again, why would they? do that if he's clearly stating the Giants is still in it you know we want to go after it again we got to also remember these players are they're, they're playing for their careers you know we as fans want to see a better draft pick we want to see a better player come in and all this but these guys are also you know they're playing for their livelihood they don't want to have to pack up and you know move and get traded and oh, all sure that. but listen what what is the what were the chances that Joe Shane was going to be like yeah listen uh we're going to definitely address the quarterback situation we're going to have to draft a new quarterback you know uh we don't know when Daniel Jones will be back and and even when he comes back he's not that great uh he wasn't going to say that well i mean he, he mentioned he mentioned how good he was he mentioned they're sticking with Daniel Jones because of how well he played down the stretch the the, the kid again he won you 9 games you asked him last year, and this is what I, I, I get upset about fans. You asked him to go out there and, and prove to you that he's the quarterback, and he did that for you. He went out yeah. there, he won you nine games, got you to playoffs, won a playoff game, and God forbid you build a team that was actually able to compete with the Eagles. You probably could have squeaked out a game, and we'd be talking about a Daniel Jones NFC Championship game last year. It wasn't that far off. Obviously, it sounds far-fetched now based on where we're sitting now and where we were last year, but again, he wasn't that far away. So – I personally feel Shane is being genuine with his comments as far as Daniel Jones. I feel like really feel as though they're still behind him. If they were to draft a quarterback, it'd probably be third or fourth round, someone who's not going to be an instant threat to Daniel Jones's position. Or if like they say, they go out and get somebody in free agency, but I'm a fan of DeVito. If I'm being honest, he's been a really good backup. He's continued to improve every week. I don't see why you don't keep this kid. He understands the system. Moving forward, why wouldn't you want to keep this kid? You know, he's shown toughness. He's got the guts. You know what I'm saying? He's out there. He's taking all the hits. He's making all the plays. He's making the proper reads we see now. And he's don't forget, a- <laughs> during the preseason, the idiots who, when he, I mean, he played most of their games. That's it, too. He, and- him, and that's, that's another thing. He, when people talk about his connection with Hyatt and, and, uh, and Tyrod Taylor, they played preseason with him. Daniel Jones never got a chance to play with Hyatt until game one, and we yeah. all saw how that went. The ball never went his way. So there was a – I mentioned to you guys all the time, I hate the way the preseason is constructed now without the four games because that third game gave you a real sense of things when you got a real, you know, simulated game. It was the dress rehearsal game. Now that third game leads up to, you know, the season. There's no fourth preseason game. So the way they're structuring it, like you've seen, the backups are taking most of the snaps because you're trying to see what you got outside of your starting quarterback, and we see how it affected our quarterback. He got off to a slow start, and he never really got on pace outside of that Cardinals game. Although I will tell you this, if there's a single Steelers fan watching this or listening to this broadcast, they're going to say, did you see how great our offense looked? In the preseason with Kenny Pickens coming <laughs> off the coming off last season and then having the preseason they had, it looked like Pittsburgh was a well-oiled machine. So 
who knows? But I, I mean, I listen, and I agree with you a hundred percent. I, I think it's they've done a terrible disservice. And you had sort of mentioned it earlier. I mean, teams, teams were definitely um, quick to adjust to the short preseason schedule and put what was already minimal effort into the preseason to barely any. And we saw that pretty much around the league, uh, the the way teams are handling it. And I complained the whole time because my thought was, listen, I, I'm a, I've been a Daniel Jones guy from day one. Mm-hmm. And I still think he's a very talented quarterback. And I still think the Giants can win a lot of games with this guy. And I do think that as, as good as the Giants defense has gotten and is capable of being, that this team in current day NFL, obviously not this year, but next year, there's no reason the Giants uh, can't make a playoff run. And as you said, they were <laughs> make one this year. <laughs> They're making one this year. I mean, yeah. It's no, <laughs> listen. I, 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 I mean, they they certainly are. And and you know, listen. My my biggest fear for this season was a six and eleven, seven and ten scenario. Well, again, we didn't hindsight. You, it's hindsight to see you losing your quarterback. Of and, course, and, of, and, of course. But again, if they're gonna make a playoff run. I would hate even an eight and nine and you just miss out. It's like, Oh God, now you got the 17th pick. And, uh, you know, like if they get the eight wins, I, they'll be definitely a playoff team based on what we're seeing. Cause I I, I agree. Tom Brady made some statements the other day. I wish I could have got it on video, but that's not G men related. And he mentioned the league has the lack of, of skill and talent in the league and 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 it, you can see it it goes back to like the collective bargaining agreement i bring up so so many years ago when they had the strike and they you know they made their new agreement and they took out all those practices and lessened the amount of tackles and it's directly affected the performance and on-field play what we watch we're watching garbage but because it's the only football we really have it's what we're settling for you're, you're really watching it. it. The league has never been this mediocre. Again, for Daniel Jones to have one playoff win, and I keep saying this, and that's more than majority of the league, it goes to show you how bad the league has gotten over the years. And that's why I'm not quick to rush and get me a rookie quarterback right now. Because they're not producing what they used to produce. It's just, it's evident. It, it, it It's... Brock Purdy looks like one of the best quarterback prospects in the last 10 years. He was the 30, you know, the last pick. He was what, three, what is it, 362 or whatever the hell it is? Whatever the last pick is of the draft. He was Mr. Irrelevant. And he looks like, you know, he he could, you know, be the champion. He can take a team to a Super Bowl this year. And again, it's the. They've actually built a team. I, I don't ever want to knock San Fran. San Fran built a team. That's what you're supposed to do. And that's what, I again, I knocked the Giants for. You never built a team. You never gave Daniel Jones anything credible to work with. When you look at what Brock Purdy has come into, when you look at what C.J. Stroud has come into, they have come into teams who were properly rebuilding the team and then go and get a quarterback. For the Giants to do that, we would just be repeating the same mistake and we'd be in turmoil for another five to ten years, if I'm being completely honest. But, but I think if you look at the young quarterbacks taken in the first round in the last four to five years, outside of C.J. Stroud, 
there is not a single guy who I think is performing above expectation or or performing at like where you're talking about, you know, MVP caliber play, you know, from from Jackson and Mahomes on, it's been it's been a lot of disappointment. It's been a lot of Sam Darnold's. It's been yeah. it's been a lot, a lot of Lawrence. Josh Rosen. Trevor Lawrence again. I mean, I, I I say that with Trevor Lawrence in mind. That's a guy who's played better, but he's he's not Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence was supposed to be a generational talent. What what they're saying about C.J. Stroud was what we thought Trevor Lawrence was going to be. Oh, I didn't. I I never believed it. And for a guy who is just no, kind of into football, he, I kind he, of figured. And then going to Jacksonville, I just I I didn't see that panning out to be greatness, but. As you said, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, is a very suitable starting quarterback. The Giants right now are winning football games with a guy who went undrafted, a guy who bounced to three different colleges mm-hmm. uh, before he found his his way onto a practice squad somehow in the NFL. So yeah. it's hard. I mean, Bryce Young's been awful this year. Again, again, it's your also it's your situation you also come into. I tell people that when Absolutely. you're a t- when you're a top pick, you come into a terrible situation. The team didn't have the top pick because you know they're a good team. It's really occasional that a team would trade, and, and you know that trade ends up being a top pick because that team that they traded with, you know, ended up sucking the next year. That's very, very, very rare. If you're a top pick, you're coming into a messy situation, no matter Don't what forget. it is, regardless. That- Pat Mahomes got drafted by a team that went 13 and 3. Again, it's, you have to <laughs> Good be in a situation with a Hall of Fame coach. And again, a, a quarterback in front of you who really wasn't that bad, who you could have learned from. It's rare situations that you have that. It's like with, with Green Bay. Green Bay's luck finally ran out. They had Favre, yeah. they had Rodgers, and we, we know what's going on with Love. So. Again, I hate the idea of falling in love with the draft. Uh, Joe Shane, I, I'm happy with the fact that he addressed the media because obviously these are things we wanted to hear at this point. We want to know, wait, what, what's going on? Are, are we keeping Daniel Jones? Are we not keeping Daniel Jones? Especially me who put a big bet for Daniel Jones to win, you know, a personal bet with some friends. I need him to win the Super Bowl. But, <laughs> you know, again, it would suck to see him leave again because the kid did what you asked him to do. I, I hate to say it. you asked him to go out there and prove to you he's a quarterback and he proved it to you and to jump ship because of half a year. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really unseen. Don't forget they rejected his fifth year option. Yeah. I mean, they, so, they could have done that. It was a much better deal for the giants had they paid that fifth year option out. But um, again, if he performed like he did, you would have ended up paying. Oh, I agree. Him. I agree. And you know what? For anybody, listen, for anybody who was pissed about four years, 160, take a look at the quarterback market. It is what it is. It is what it is. You, 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 you're, you're in, in, in no scenario where there's a player's union, are you going to ask a starting quarterback? There are people that are like, take 25 million a year. That's 15 million under the average of what quarterbacks are getting. The union would have never allowed. Daniel Jones to take that contract from the Giants. They would not and I don't I don't say I don't think people understand that. This well, people, you know people don't understand it that the the players union 
in a million years would not allow a contract like that where a guy took an under undervalued contract, they would never let it happen. Well, people don't understand contracts in general because if you think about what we get for Daniel Jones, we're paying what we're paying for Daniel Jones. The Cowboys are paying a lot more for one more playoff win. The Eagles are paying a lot more for one more playoff win. The Ravens are paying a lot more for one playoff win. The same amount. Because yeah. they made it look better in the regular season. And I say this all the time. I'm an Eli guy. He's never had a great regular season. I watched the man throw like six interceptions against Washington. Well, a team where normally you're guaranteed to beat. And I watched him blow it and then go out there and win two Super Bowls. So it doesn't matter how it looks. It's about getting the job done. And honestly, I think eventually he will turn that corner and get the job done. Well, you're exactly right. It's why people keep looking at Justin Fields and they're like, man, this kid's so talented. And it's like, yeah, well, but it's not working out there. It's not working out at all. And it's got to be a little bit his fault. You could, you know, and, and listen, I feel the same way about Justin Herbert, by the way, whose team is, I think, four and six at this point. What does he want? You're going to pay a lot more for him. He's won Oh, nothing. sure. You're going to pay a lot and more listen, for him, but he's won nothing. You know, I tell you right now, say week after week, I hear uh, the coaches, uh, the defense, uh, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's always everybody else's fault. Every time I watch a Chargers game, he throws a pick in the fourth quarter. He makes some boneheaded play every time in the fourth quarter or at a crucial moment in the fourth quarter, he gives you a three and out. I mean, so <laughs> it's his fault, too. To me, listen, sexy numbers. It's always impressive when you look at the box score. There's not a lot of wins, though, underneath Justin Herbert's name. And so it's like, listen, if you want if you want Tony Romo numbers and no playoffs, okay, I'm with you. You know, and I've had this argument with Cowboy fans. You look at the regular seasons Tony Romo had compared to Eli during that run. Who would you rather have? And they're like, Romo, no playoff wins. Not not a playoff win to speak of. Really? You're that enamored with like 35 touchdowns that, that you would rather not go to the postseason than have a quarterback that throws for 22 touchdowns and 18 picks, and that's about as sexy as it ever really got. But you I, I, won Super Bowls, and that is, again, the point of this sport. Well, Joe, you know, you know I work for the New York Knicks, and I sit in the crowd with people from all over the world. I sat a couple of games ago with a Dallas Cowboys fan, and we had a, a wholesome conversation, believe it or not. There was no fighting, no fisticuffs. It wasn't an Eagles fan. When he um, said, this is our year, what did you just let it go? No, he didn't even say that. He was smart <laughs> enough. He was smart enough to know they haven't played anybody. If I'm going to rattle some cages, guess what? The Cowboys haven't beaten anybody. The only one people they beat with a winning record are the Seahawks. If I'm being honest, the other team they played were the Eagles, and we saw what happened that game. Cowboys fans cry your heart out. But he spoke to me and he literally said to me, he said this right now, if he had the option between Dak Prescott and Daniel Jones on his Cowboys team, how both healthy, he'll take Daniel Jones. And I couldn't agree anymore because you look at the weapons they have in Dallas. You look at that line. Imagine if he was able to throw and run behind those lines and pass. The kid would probably, he'd probably throw for 30 touchdowns, run for 20. Because yeah. it, it, you see what Dallas does to teams based on their line. You see the runs Pollard and these guys get. Saquon Barkley must dream of running behind lines like that. I mean, 
it's ridiculous how good it that line seems is. To me, that most fans around the league don't recognize how good of a deep ball Daniel Jones has. There's, you know, the nickname Danny Dimes comes from the comes yeah. from the insane throws he's made at practice. Danny Dimes. That's where the nickname came from. He's got a great deep ball. He's very accurate with that thing. They don't do it enough. But He's got hard. great legs. He's got great wheels. This guy's a, an extremely good mobile quarterback. I know there's another white one named Josh Allen. And the mm -hmm. idea that there might be a second one, I think most fans can't really get behind that notion. Well, can I say this? And I will say this. Daniel Jones did a really good job of managing turnovers last year kept it very low mm -hmm. josh allen can't do that he really and, and and one thing i said i mentioned it too last year if you look back at our podcast there were games in the second half i felt daniel jones was going to come back and win us the game and he did that whether it was him as saquon or whatever i never felt nervous josh allen makes you nervous when you watch him play the jets you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah well you know it's funny i actually threw this comparison out let me and you brought his name up earlier but brett Favre. <sighs> Brett Favre was a great quarterback. He did great things, but my God, was there a guy that threw bigger interceptions in the fourth quarter and in overtimes of games, big, important games? Like, it's good. It's good, right? It's good to be a gambler and throw the football down the field, but, man, some of those were, like, back-breaking interceptions that he threw. My thing is, again, Jones can't catch a break. You argue about his turnovers, he cuts down the turnovers. You argue he don't score, he throws touchdowns, he runs touchdowns. Like he, you say he wants you. You want him to win something. He wins your nine games. He wins a playoff game. What more do you want from him? I, I really start to feel bad for the kid in some senses because he's given you everything he's got, and you haven't given him anything. And, and you know he doesn't throw anybody down under the bus. He could easily be like, you know, my coach sucks. You know, Kafka is terrible at at calling offense, and and he doesn't. He just takes it on the chin. You know, he, he went to the media, he stood in front of the media, and answered questions right before surgery. He said he plans to be back. He plans to work harder than ever. That's the type of kid I want. You know, not the kid that cries after a loss. Let me, let me, yeah. Game. No, I dig what you're saying. Let me throw a name <laughs> out at you. You know, Mitchell Trubisky, yeah. who was a first round draft pick of the Chicago Bears. He was supposed to be good a, too. Had a terrible <laughs> offensive line. He, well, this is a guy that took them to the playoffs. Yeah, well, the defense. Yeah, no, I understand that. But he also had to help them win football games. They won enough to qualify for the postseason. They won a playoff game. And he was out looking for a job the next year. And it's a classic case of, uh, I, again, if you don't believe me, look this up. He's got a better career winning record than Deshaun Watson does. Deshaun Watson gets $250 million guaranteed. This guy's looking for a job. Why? We look at the skill set. Look, Mitchell Trubisky, he, he, he doesn't have the skill set of Deshaun Watson, but he wins more football games more consistently than Deshaun Watson does. So it seems to me a lot of the time, you know, listen, I love Lamar Jackson, but I've been saying, how long have we been doing this show? <laughs> Since this show started, I'm like, where's the playoff wins? 
He's got Where's one. He's got one he, he doesn't. He, he doesn't. He can't, he can't throw. He, he, one in seven years, no, and I and listen, I understand that, and I say it every year. Look, I love. I think Lamar Jackson's one of the most exciting players in football. As far as being a quarterback, he's very mediocre. Um, yeah. If he didn't have the great running ability he has, he wouldn't be in the NFL. Period, because he's not a good enough uh, uh, quarterback uh, with well, his arm. Compare him to Vic, and I always say Vic's a better passer. I hate yeah, when Ma- well, Michael Vic could 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 definitely throw the football. And then you um, saw the Eagles. He changed the way, you know, when he came to the Eagles, he changed his complete game from Atlanta and was actually more of a pocket passer style quarterback. You know, he he went through progressions and then he ran the ball and yep. he did it well. The Eagles looked really good. We know very well as Giants fans, he did it well. Listen, if you're a pocket passer and it, the pocket breaks down and you have 4-3 speed, You'll get away from anybody. You know, it's funny. Obviously, yeah, yeah, you're like four five after jail. It was like four, 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 five. You, know? you saw <laughs> you saw my 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 uh my Crimson Tide beat Georgia today. And Jalen Milrow, I'll tell you right now, Jalen Milrow, there there was a couple of plays where the pocket collapsed on this kid. Where he was surrounded by three Georgia players collapsed in that pocket. And he was able to bounce to the right. On one of them, he threw a shovel pass for an 18-yard completion. On another, he outran everyone down the down the sideline for about a 10-yard gain. And then had another one uh, where it was about a four-yard gain, but again, didn't get sacked, got outside the pocket. To be able to sit in the pocket and be comfortable, knowing that if the pocket breaks down, that you've got the kind of speed to go get 10, 12, 15, 30 yards. And and this is something, and again, I think people look at Daniel Jones. He's a bit nerdy. He's a white quarterback. And you expect certain things from white. You just do. I like I I hate to bring that up, Zay, but I think people look at this dorky nerd and they think like he can't, this guy's got better skills than Lamar Jackson. Oh no! It's, it's without a doubt. Honestly, it, it, you you could bring up race. It's it, it's not it, it's not hidden. We know what it is. When they you know when Lamar Jackson was during the draft, teams asked him to switch to receiver. You know because again, when you look at a black quarterback, you assume you know he's mobile first. You know, pass second, and and uh, a white quarterback, you assume vice versa. Which again, for Daniel Jones, is not the case. We see many times he likes to run first. And then maybe throw the ball. And again, that's his skill set. And we have to accept it. You have to either accept it and work with it or or move on. Well, it's the thing. I think there's a lot to work with is what I'm saying. I think to have that skill set to where you got a guy who could sit in the pocket. And if you put some faith in it and you give him some protection next year, obviously, whether it be Jalen Hyde or whoever, you could throw the football down the field. Just imagine if you could get Marvin Harrison. Screw that up. Yeah, <laughs> we did. We totally yeah, but look, did. Again, again, it wouldn't. Again, you'll find receivers anywhere. You saw what? Look at Minnesota with Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison, you know, he wasn't necessarily the number one receiver off the board, but he's made a very you know good impact. And for the excuse me for Minnesota since they haven't had 
Justin Jefferson, when he's been out with injury, he's been picking up the slack. So you can definitely find depth at quarterback. I'm not worried about that. I'm completely agreeing with you. I think the Giants need to fix this line and we can move forward with it. But again, that's offseason stuff. We have just stayed way too long on this topic. It's so with further ado, we will move on to our bye week grades, people. We can't get to the bye week without giving you grades on how the offense, defense, special teams, coaching, and all the other stuff that goes along with football has been doing. And for the Giants who are four and eight, well, excuse me, four and six, we're four and eight, four and eight, yeah, four and eight, excuse me. We haven't been doing much well. So, Joe, I actually want to start off with the offense. Do you have a grade for the offense, my man? I will give the offense a C plus. I think the offense was at an F about four weeks ago. And I think what, what we've seen with this, with this offensive line, as you mentioned earlier, being constantly shuffled and being much more successful for some reason. I think when you look at Saquon Barkley as a whole on this season, given what happened to him in the off season, early injury this year, the way this dude has played and the way that they've been able to sort of throw it on his shoulders. Uh, he's, he's proven a lot to me. I love Saquon Barkley. I think the Giants should invest in Saquon for the next four or five years because he's that good. So I will give this offense a C plus again. I think what they're doing with a backup quarterback excites me for what could happen if they really got it together, I love what I've seen from, from Jalen Hyatt. It was nice to see Isaiah Hodgins get involved. Um, you know, I thought Darren Waller was starting to play well, obviously before the injury. Uh, I like Bellinger. It's nice to see him get involved again. Uh, had a big play. I actually watched a video where Saquon, Saquon recognized that play that Bellinger couldn't score on. <laughs> he he went in and he told him he was like you could roll Bellinger out dude. and he said he told Bellinger on the sideline get in the end zone you got to score a touchdown Bellinger went down to about the two and then uh, Saquon caught the touchdown pass and he gave Bellinger some flap about it on the sideline like that was your touchdown bro I told you it was there Saquon also was the one who recognized um, uh, the when he went out on the pass down the down the the left sideline. I can't uh, the totally missing the term. What do you call that? Comes out of the backfield, runs. Oh, the wheel. Uh, wheel, the wheel. The wheel. Run. Yeah. Uh that that was that was uh Saquon recognized that wheel route was there. He went back to the sideline, told the coaches that, and they were like, Well, we'll 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 get to that. So the offense, I think, has has responded. It was terrible early on outside of the Cardinals game, but this is what I expected of this offense. It's crazy to see Tommy DeVito doing it. And I'll tell you the thing, Zay, that I I wanted to mention and I forgot to. The way this team has played on third down. Offensively, they have been very effective on third downs of late. This is a team that always, if it's third and seven, it's a a five-yard seam or, you know, it's always something stupid. They've been converting. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they've been converting. And, and and on the other side, the defense has been stepping up big on third downs as well. And, and that's really, I mean, I think that's one of the keys to any football game is what you do on third down. Suddenly, this Giants offense is converting in a big way. Okay. Well, thank God, finally, at this point. 
So that now brings us to our next topic. That would be the defense. Do you have a grade for the offense? No, I, I, look, I prefer to stay out of it because I have <laughs> I'm giving Fs all around because you know exactly where I was in the beginning of the season. I wanted 10 wins or more, so anything less for me is an F. But I am happy we have two in a row. Yeah. So I have, <laughs> I've decided not to do a grades. This defense, I'm glad you brought up this defense now. I would give this defense a B-. minus. This Ooh. defense would have had a D- couple of weeks ago uh i've i've mentioned this a couple of weeks ago i think over the last five or six games uh bobby okereke has been the monster i assumed he was gonna be when the giants signed him this offseason i remember after like the first couple of games i thought didn't we sign that guy from the colts what is even going on here uh you did, it, you it, did you did say he didn't do anything he wasn't doing anything you needed more from him he was not doing anything impactful, right? I, 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 I stand by that. The first few weeks, he didn't do anything where, again, he was someone I was very excited about. Kayvon Thibodeau didn't get off to a great start this year. He has slowly but surely turned it up. This defense through the first nine games, I think, had like six turnovers uh, on defense. Uh, they've doubled that in the last three weeks. So two touchdowns too. Yeah, look, there's been a lot of sacks. There's been a lot of passes defended. There's been big hits. There's been interceptions. There's been pick sixes. This defense has been making it happen. I notice we don't do this. We've never been a do this kind of team on the tackle. Let's punch that damn ball out. You're starting to see a very aggressive New York Giants defense. I love Wink Martindale. I know there's 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 I guess some beef between him and uh and, uh, and David from what I understand and I listen, I do believe it is speculated. speculated. It is speculated, but it seems very believable. Listen, these guys didn't have a relationship prior to being paired off here. And Dable's you know, Dable's given a lot of responsibility to Wink because he's a veteran defensive coordinator, one of the better ones in the league. But when you're not winning football games, it's on the head coach. And something tells me the head coach in relaying to Wink what he's looking for, I'm sure that rubbed Wink the wrong way. So I can – look, I, there's a reason Dable brought this up the other day and kind of cleared the air like, hey, we're cool, there's no beef. He did because there was. I think they're over it. I think they're over whatever was going on, but I do think something was going on. You heard a couple weeks ago, Xavier McKinney was saying, hey, look, the leaders aren't being hurt on this team. We're, we're, we're going to wink and we're telling them what we're seeing and we're still not doing anything about it. Why was that happening? Because of Brian Dable. I think he and Wink cleared the air. I think we're going to listen to the players a little bit more going forward. And now everybody's cool. Okay. No, I, I look, I could completely agree with that. Again, I think a lot of it is just speculation. When you are a losing team, and things are happening that, you know, aren't positive. There's just a negative energy, negative atmosphere. And, you know, it, it's just all combines and it, it makes a situation. And, Losing and, sucks. It they, does. Especially when you have some expectation that there would be success. All offseason, you know how pissed I was at ESPN. All the talking heads were like, regression for the Giants. And I was like, How? Where would they regress from? And obviously, there's been a great deal of regression. But I stand by what I said. Most of these people were talking out of their asses. 
the Giants addressed most of the issues that they had. You would have thought they would have been a better football team as a result, not worse. But again, you can't assume you can't assume performance based on you know a team and paper. We say it all the time. That's you why we see teams. You, yes, you probably always say teams look good on paper. You can't. You sure, can't. Well, that's, and that's Let's exactly what the Let's expression is. That's what it between, is. Between me and you, did we all expect the Giants to come out and open up the way they did against the Cowboys? No. We expected no, them. That if was, they were gonna, that was real bad. If we were going to lose, we expected them to at least lose with a little dignity and pride, and it just came out ugh, ugly. You know, we, we looked prideless. We got, uh, we got our asses kicked on our own home field. And, again, you can't predict these things. I, I, I'm, again, my my thing is I think the teams need more practices. I think they need more work. And you, a team like the Cowboys who have been together for years, these teams are going to continue to get better and better while these teams like the Giants who are trying to patch a new guy in here, patch a new guy in there, patch a new guy. They're not all playing together. It, it's hard to get good together if you're not playing together is what I'm saying. And then you lose your quarterback. He's hurt. He comes back now. He's hurt for, for for a long time. It's just hard to you know create anything. I mentioned you know you mentioned Hyde. Daniel Jones and Hyde never had a connection. They didn't create one in preseason. His only touchdowns came from Tyrod and Tommy DeVito. If he any if anything, you can't create connections that don't exist. That's the only thing I'm trying to get a point across. You know what I'm saying. But again, we will move on, and I digress. I'm not going to sit on this because everyone gets an F. Everyone gets an by F. By the way, me. by the way, Ceedee Lamb, Braden Cooks, yeah, and Dak it. Prescott are three three gentlemen I have on over two and, and Jay Ferguson, the tight end, cooking. You cooking monster, right now? Monster numbers from those guys the last few. I mean, it has been Jay Ferguson. I think is the the biggest shocker of that group, but I mean, they have been putting up. Great numbers. But didn't the Giants not want to go after Brandon Cooks? <laughs> isn't, isn't that funny? I, I remember he was available. Texas Poor choice. Yeah, we were just like, you know, he's too small. We're looking for big guys. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, he was too small. That's <laughs> right. That's exactly what it was. And yeah. the best is, is all we do is draft small guys. Wando Robinson. <laughs> what's, the, uh, what's the other one I don't like? Uh, Jesus Christ. What's his name? Oh, oh Sterling God. Shepard. Oh, there you go. Sterling Shepard. See, I don't even care about him. I don't yeah. care to even remember his name. I, the I, longest tenure giant. Yeah. He, yeah. He, I swear he better not be on the roster next year. Like, if they're making, you know, trimming the roster in places, you can start with, you know, Shepard. You can bring him back maybe as a receivers coach, but he's not you, playing. Do you know who I forgot was on this roster until he had a nice catch for no gain this week was Paris Campbell. No, he's still here. He's the guy that we throw the ball to behind the line. Scrimmage. Yeah, he caught one and for no gain. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know he was still on the roster. Because uh, that was the early this season. That was such a big play. That that zero yard net gain throw to to I will never understand what we what I we bring him in, we we use him the wrong way. What the hell happened over the summer? <laughs> like, no. like, oh, this team. Oh, God. Let's let's get into it. Obviously, the last unit in football. Special teams, I'll give an F2. I think the special teams wow. unit has been pretty disappointing wow. for the most part. Uh, before F2? Graham Gano got hurt, the kicking game was dreadful. 
had some good hits last week. Hold up. I get he was hurt. Terrible. Uh, The punter, this this Scottish punter, uh, it was cute last year, the lefty. This guy's botched enough kicks at this point where it's like, dude, come on, anybody else. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. Um, it, it, Look, the tackling's the tackling's been a little better on kicks and punts, but I, I this special teams every time they they kick the ball to the other team, I get worried. I, I always, I'm always coach. He never has an answer. They actually yeah. has it. Is it ever going to get better? He's just never got an answer. You know, we're still working. But he's another one you cannot bring back next year. You could trim the fit. Yeah, this special teams has done nothing to help the Giants win football games. It's it's been to me it's been it, it very disappointing, and it's been it's been a weak spot for the Giants. You can't say that they've won a lot of positional games where the punter has pinned another team, like Washington, for example, where we were just pinning each other back and forth. And again, if you botch one. Obviously, we lose the game because yeah, but he's botching them. He's botching them against the Eagles, and he's botching them against Dallas. You don't botch him against Washington, and that's why you're able to beat a crappy team like the Commanders. When when the Giants need big, that they need guys to step up on special teams against good teams, it it doesn't seem to happen with this unit. Yeah, it, it, I agree. We it seems like we can't ever find a punt returner. A kick returner beyond us, and this how is many not, guys have we been through re- returning the punts? This is twenty years long. Like this is really, really bad. As we can't find, I, I just want one Devin Hester. I know I'm asking for too much with a Devin Hester. I, I, you, maybe you might game. not. E- were you even born when Dave Meggett was alive? No, I wasn't alive for that. No. <laughs> It was not a lot. That was the I, last I, time I, the Giants had a good punt return. I might have been alive, but I might not have been watching football. I yeah. might have been alive. You, if, yeah, Dave, Dave Meggett was uh, a return man. Um, Damn, did he go to? Jail? And then there was, there, of course, there was David Wilson before the neck injury. He looked pretty promising as a returner uh, a good fifteen years ago. But yeah, the, the, this year there it's been a series of guys going going back there to to return kicks and punts. No one's really done anything impressive. There's been a lot of botched handling of the ball. Uh, it's you know they haven't they haven't they haven't turned the ball over on a lot of those punts. But there's there's been a lot of where the ball ends up on the ground and there's a mad scramble and we don't no get good. It. <laughs> no good. That's you know that again. That's what I'm saying. It's 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 not really helping. I I liked uh, uh, what's his name, Gillian, the kicker, uh, the punter. I liked him last year. I did. It's a yeah. great leg. He's a, he's a but story. <laughs> this year, to me, he shanked a bunch. I think he had one blocked. Didn't he have one blocked earlier this year too? <sighs> Bro, I couldn't tell you. I'm right. just. I, I'm I'm much less impressed with his punting, maybe because I see way more of it, and I'm just tired of it. You know, <laughs> the long hair was cool at first, and now I see it and, it, and it's like, all right, dude, just cut your goddamn hair. You're the punter, and you're punting a lot on a team that's not exactly like, you know, super macho man or anything. But can it be his fault? Maybe he's worn out. He's done a lot of punting this year. He's a very busy man. Yes, I can understand. If he said, I'm just really tired from all the punting I've done the last couple of years, I'd be like, oh, all right, fair enough. 
I'll give he's you a that. Punter, yeah, but he, you know, he gets the same amount of play time as some of these running backs. The way that <laughs> it, it, also, let me just say, and I, I've said this before, I, I can't say it enough. I'll say it again. Matt Parade is awful. He is, he doesn't have, he doesn't have. Poor man, uh, poor, poor man. He's done nothing to you. <laughs> he doesn't know how to hit a hole. He just doesn't know how to do it. He, he's got he's, some good runs. He's got he's good runs. Happy Don't feet. He's always looking to cut. He doesn't give holes enough time to open up. Believe me. I, 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 I listen, Zay, you know, as a guy who played high school football, I try not to be overly critical of the way guys play football, high right? High school. <laughs> yeah. I didn't play college and I, and I didn't play in the NFL and I'm, I'm aware of what I know, but I have eyes. And I know how the score goes. Matt Bereda does not hit the hole. He doesn't. He doesn't run like Saquon, and he doesn't know how to hit a hole. He, to me, that's a guy that's just when he's in the game. I don't ever think like, oh, it'd be cool if Bereda broke one here, because by broke one, it would be like seven yards would be a miracle. Stop it. He has good runs. You be you really be really dragging him. Dang, you really do few, be dragging. Few and far between. Few and, and far and between. Record, and for the record, Joe, please, please never hate on high school football. Again, high school football is the pinnacle of football because guess what? Whether you're a pro or not, you had to play high school. You don't have to play anything else. And one thing we all got in common, we all play high school football for the most part. So well, again, listen, you know, look, I understand that, you know, I mean, look, I played against the Bucky Jones in high school, uh, an NFL football player who uh, went on to great success at Syracuse and then with the New England Patriots. You know what I mean? He, to, to watch the to watch, we had an all state linebacker on our team, but to watch to Bucky Jones, a guy who was on his way to the NFL against the other twenty one boys on the field. You know what I mean? It was like you you just the way that kid moved across the field. It was like oh, that's this kid's on another level. Oh, I assume oh, that's what college football was like. Oh, that you're level. Bragging? You're bragging. If, if if I if I must if I must if we're gonna throw the bragging game I did go to high school with Jordan and Jared Dangerfield Jared Dangerfield played for the Saints Jordan Dangerfield played a couple of years for the um, Steelers uh, Miguel Masonette I played him in the Long Island Championship game he All right. was by the Eagles so, I wasn't bragging I was name dropping if I was gonna brag I would tell you about the three plays at the one yard line where I stuffed a Bucky Jones oh, three consecutive yeah. plays oh, yeah. driving the a gap. We're and bragging. taking my man out in the backfield. Three plays in a row. Bragging. I was the final quarterback in for the you know Nassau <laughs> County Championship game, if we want to be there. This you know? is bragging. I, this is, I was name dropping before. Name dropping. Please, this please, is please, actually please bragging. People, people, I don't I, you know, people are gonna sit at home and be just like, damn, they wish their high school careers were that good. Please, please don't make them feel any more jealous. Joe, we got to get with our final grades. What are you giving the coaches? What are these? I'm going to give Brian Dable an absolute F on this season. Woohoo! And and I'll say this: Look, obviously, the last couple of weeks, you know, they've turned some things around. He's made some amends with uh, with the team and the staff. I don't F. think this guy's. Listen, I, 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 even if the Giants finish. Let's say they don't win another game this season. I don't think. I mean, I, I, I don't believe his job is in jeopardy at all, and I, and I don't think it should be, and I don't think it should be at all, Zay. And I, I, I'm, I'm like totally. I just want to put that out there. Obviously, you lose your starting quarterback and your backup quarterback, who's a, a decent quarterback in his own right. The expectations got to be low. They get off to a terrible start. The kind of start that's hard to come back from. 
they're trying to do it still, and it's still a work in progress. I've been very unimpressed with Brian Dable. Uh, a lot of the decisions he's made, uh, just stupid fourth down plays. Uh, a couple weeks ago, was it the Buffalo game at the end of the halves where they totally blew that? Well, that was um, a Tyrod move. That was more of a Tyrod. No, I understand mistake. it was Tyrod, but who's who's their coaching Tyrod? Yeah, but you, again, Tyrod thought Tyrod thought that for you're the goddamn coach. You guys, you're you're in his helmet. Tell him what again, to do. Tell him the right moves to make. Again, I had that, an expectation. I had an expectation for this team, and it has been an absolute failure from what I thought was going to happen. For that reason, I give him an F. Mike Kafka, F, total disaster. This guy has not gotten his act together. It, it, it's, again, you know, week in and week out. Why don't we throw the goddamn ball to Hyatt? We finally do. He's catching the ball all the time. He looks great. That that could have been happening all season, Zay. All season. Wink Martindale, I'll give him a B. Because that's a guy who... I think puts his his unit in a a good position all the time. If they don't execute, that's not on that's not on Wink. It's on these guys. But Wink puts them in a position to be successful, and that defense knows it. And now that everything is clicked, they're a turnover machine. They're getting a ton of pressure on the quarterback. And as you pointed out, those young quarterbacks are really damn good. So good. And I and I think a lot of that has to do with Wink's coaching. So I'll I'll give him a B, but overall the coaching's been god awful this year. Well, uh, well, first off, uh let's the Tyrod statement. Nine times out of 10, that's Daniel Jones. That play, you know, he t- Daniel Jones runs it, he sneaks it. He's getting in. It's a touchdown for the Giants nine times out of ten. Say, say, real quick. He's a bigger body. You were a quarterback. You were a quarterback. We just talked. I don't want to talk about high school football again, but let's talk about practice. What do you – Friday, what do you practice? Wait, again, we're talking about – yes, you do walk through. We we run the two-minute. You run your two-minute offense. You literally take a drive down the football field, so you rehearse – the different Again. scenarios that you might face. How Again. is your starting quarterback not prepared in that situation unless the coaching let him down? Because again, again, when you're coaching, you coach for everybody in that situation, especially in that league at, at that level. Uh, again, Daniel Jones, we mentioned it. Daniel Jones runs that ball. He's in the end zone. We all know that nine times out of 10, whether it's quarterback sneak, whether it's, you know, he runs out the outside and he runs one guy over. And again, that's probably what Tyrod was thinking. Hey, I seen Daniel Jones do this a hundred times. I'll do it. It didn't work out the same. Tyrod doesn't realize AJ eventually catches up with you. He's obviously not as fast. He's not as strong as Daniel Jones. And look, it was a bad play, and he'll learn from it. Hopefully, when he's playing for another team next year. But that, you know, that's part of the game. As far as Kafka goes, it's it's funny that you say that because Kafka and you know. Winkdale, Mark, you know, Mark Winkdale, they were, you know, they were head coaching candidates last year. There were teams who actually wanted them to come in and the Giants, especially a lot of fans cried out to, you know, not wanting to lose Kafka, not wanting to lose Mark Winkdale. And I, I agree with, you know, defensively because 
you're only going to get so lucky with defensive coordinators. And we've gotten lucky through the years with defensive coordinators to lose Perry Fuel, who was a pretty good defensive coordinator, and then to come back with, you know, Mark. He's just been like a godsend for us, basically, on the defensive end. You see, like you said, you mentioned B minus or B plus for them because they've been playing so well as of late and they've gotten better. But it's just funny to think that those two guys who have had completely different years were at some point last year during the winter or summer coaching candidates for other teams. It's just it's 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 crazy to think that and I, it makes me back to what happened over the summer with the Giants. And it is it the lack of practices? Is it the lack of you know togetherness? Are are they not on the same page? You know, because then you mentioned we go back to game two in the second half where it's very clear that Brian Dable is calling the offense. Say whatever you want about the rest of the year. All I can tell you for 100 percent sure is the second half of the Cardinals games, Brian Dable was calling the offensive calls and the offense looked completely different. It looked very reminiscent of the way it looked last year. Yeah. And this year, obviously, like you said, it's getting better with DeVito. It's not great, but it makes you wonder at the end of the year when the giants are making coaching adjustments and staff, who's coming back because you hear that, you know, you mentioned people don't like each other. There's clamor, there's arguments, there's, you know, there's fighting, there's, 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 you know, disagreements. I mean, obviously Dable's saying they're, they're cool. They're eating donuts together and they're, you know, dipping them in milk and having fun. And he's giving them game balls at the end of the game. But, it makes you wonder again at the end of the season, are you really going to want to move on to another quarterback now with a new offensive coordinator possibly coming in and that whole situation, you see how that's affected other teams. Look, I, I bring up the Eagles and the Cowboys, for example, you can see at times with their offense doesn't, it sputters basically. That's what I mentioned when I say the Eagles don't look a hundred to me because I see sputters in their offense where I see times where that offense looks like it looked last year, where it was an absolute juggernaut. And then there are times where it looks like, oh, they don't know how to play football. It, I mean, it does look like, you know, and yeah. it, again, I'm not sure if it's lack of practices, lack of, you know, communication, new offensive coordinators, this, that. It makes you wonder, again, when the Giants get to the offseason, how they're going to address the situation with the coaching and obviously quarterbacks and going forward. Are you going to want to bring in a vet? Are you going to want to keep Tommy DeVito? What do you know? Obviously, you know, eight months means Daniel Jones should be ready by July. You know, 10 months would put him at September. And then, you know, whatever happens with contact and ramping up and yada, yada, yada. So realistically, we'd love to see the eight-month process over the 10-month process because that would get him closer to a starting date. Yeah. But again, there's going to be a lot of questions going for the Giants going into the offseason as far as coaching, as far as offensive players, positioning, who's drafting. But for now, all we can do is worry about life after the bye. And I ask you, Joe, what do you see going forward for the Giants? Do we tank? Should we go for the playoff run? Yeah. Should we just continue to play football and whatever the hell happens, happens? (laughs) We're we're beyond – this team tanking now because you know i think they've won they've won too much at this point and so we're coming back with green bay is that's a monday night game with green bay yes Yes, it is monday night i mean again that's a game the giants could win 
Please not. Could you imagine the talk? Tommy DeVito can win in prime time, but Daniel Jones can't. We'll never yeah. hear the end of it for weeks. You know yeah. that will never happen. Love yeah. it. I, I'm calling it now because that's going to be the headlines on ESPN. Tommy, De- Tommy DeVito wins in prime time. Giants first prime time win in whatever year. They're going to, you know, they're going to drag it. They're going to blow that up. But Saints the week after. Winnable game. Oof, very winnable game, especially the way they've been playing. Don't love this. Home. Don't love this Christmas engagement with the Eagles. I'll be quite ah, honest with you. Not a fan. I do because at that point, I think the Eagles would have their season wrapped up and probably be playing backups for the most part. It, I don't know. It, 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 because you got to think about it. That's in the way game. Is that a home game or a way game? That's probably the okay. So if anything, that would be the last game the Eagles starters will play. I don't think they'll play their starters in the Giants home game. Yeah, the last that's, season. that's um, that's at the link. Well, yeah, that, and the twenty fifth is in Philly. Yeah, at the last game of the season, you have to think about it. If 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 I'm a playoff team, I'm not going to want to play my starters on that Giants turf the week before. No, that's, the bro, that's total. You know what? A thousand percent. The last place I expect Jalen Hurts to be, especially with knee issues, going in January. Yeah. It's not that Giants football field. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. So, look, I'll, I'll say, look, I think Green Bay Saints, I think the Rams on the 31st, I think one of these two games against the Eagles, especially that second one, if they're not playing starters, you're looking at four wins. You know, you, you could get to five in a row if you could beat the Eagles in Philly. Um, You know, look, I think they – they, they know what they've got ahead of them. The Eagles are the Eagles. It'll be interesting. You know, look, we thought maybe the second crack at the Cowboys this year, maybe they could close the gap after the disaster on opening day, and it was worse. But the Cowboys, but, like, beating up on, the Cowboys like beating up on. Yeah, no, I was record. just going to say, though, but <laughs> things, were not, things were going really off the rails for the Giants at that point. It seemed like a lost season. It was spiraling away. Yeah. Now they're playing hot again. And so now I have to wonder, you know, can can the Giants win? I think the Giants have some winnable games here. I think they could go four and two uh, in these next six games. That's a possibility, uh, which would put them at what? Uh, eight, eight, nine? Eight, nine? Whoa. Imagine that. Imagine which, again, has been my fear all along is an eight and nine. It puts you right smack dab. 16th, 17th pick, somewhere in there. 17th. That puts that. us in the playoffs. We're 20 to 25 at that point. 20 to, <laughs> even worse. Even worse. Like, well, well, again, you have the blessing of trading Leonard Williams. You could probably package now a first-round pick and that early second-round pick and make that, you know, something pretty to another team where maybe you can move up and get you a Joe Alt. Get you something that will help immediately. I'm not a fan of the Giants taking a quarterback in the first round because I want someone who's going to come and affect the team immediately. If you bring a quarterback in who may not necessarily play in the beginning, all you did was waste a first-round pick on someone who does not affect the team I would rather them load up on offensive linemen and lose a whole bunch of games in 2024. And if you – look, you know, that's the other stupid thing, right? I mean, Caleb Williams is, is fine. Michael Penix Jr. Like, there's a lot of good quarterbacks in college right now, and every year it's like, well, this is the class that'll turn your franchise around, and it and it rarely ever is. 
Um, you know, and you'll be like, well, next year's draft class, people will emerge. They always do. Uh, next year, there'll be some other franchise guy. Uh, maybe a Carson Beck. It seems like a likely candidate for every year for that. No, year. Again, dude, yeah, year. I mean, you're exactly. <laughs> but say every year they act like, well, we'll never see a quarterback class like this again. These, this, this is the next class of '83, and it never, ever is. It never. So hits. yes, the crapshoot of 2024 will be the same crapshoot of 2025. Do you want to bring a Caleb Williams in behind this offensive line? If it's not, if it's not long-term fixed, no, because you'll be back in the same position. If I'm being real, I, I, if there's any quarterback I had to have on all of them, I prefer Penix. I feel like he's the better of all the quarterbacks. Me, but then you have this health issue. He has the two knee issues, the surgeries. He's someone again I can't rely on. It's just like Milton in uh, Tennessee. Everyone, everyone thinks he's going to be this great stud. I can't rely on him neither. So, again, I'm willing to pass on this class. I know a lot of people aren't. If there's anyone I'll take a chance on, it'd probably be JT Daniels if I can get him late third round, second round. Teams don't want him. But, again, I think teams will want him. But, again, you see it every year. Teams load up on quarterbacks. They add these kids that that they, they play. Then you never see them again. Like you mentioned with Justin Fields, the backup comes in, looks better than Justin Fields looks. And now they don't know what to do there. They've got all t- – you there's no such thing as a sure five thing. Stop listening to Mel Kuyper. Stop listening to all these guys on ESPN who are telling you that this kid's a, a top pick every no, there's no such thing. We can never assume what someone's career is going to be based on what they did in college because college is a mixed bag. You get a lot of kids who are three star, two star, four star, some kids who are undrafted walk ons. The NFL is the cream of the crop. Is that the best players in the world? These aren't walk-ons you you know it's very rare that you make a tryout and get on an yeah, NFL team. You, you look you said it you said it earlier you know when we talked about pat mahomes going into a good situation with a good coach on a good team that had a good record with a good quarterback in front of him who he quickly dispatched and replaced most of these guys as you know don't go into good situations and and for people that are like well what about the texans yeah don't forget the texans after they took C.J. Stroud at two, took Will Anderson, possibly the defensive rookie of the year this year, yeah. uh, they took him with the third pick. And so they were able to put two big-time impact players in two very important positions. That's a good way to go about business. They also made a, did a, did a, got a pretty good haul in the deal for Deshaun Watson. Yeah. It's the reason you trade guys. Like that, well, you, um, want, you want impact play. You want Aiden Hutchinson type guy. You want you, guys who are going to affect your team immediately. Yeah. Which again, you That's, know, you you got to ask yourself with Detroit to go out there and get Jameer Gibbs, and why isn't Jameer Gibbs getting the ball thirty five times a game? I, uh, can't I? I mean, again, when you have you have the starter like Montgomery. You you have a good starting situation. It's it's it's, it's a plethora of riches. It's a good. It's like. It's like, you know, when you have a ton of good starting yeah, pitching. That's, that's really, not where you, good, but that's not, not where you put your number one pick when you already have a David Montgomery. You, you well, have Jamal what, Williams who rushed for 20 touchdowns. That wasn't a position of need, and it's like, you're not a good enough franchise to just be picking, oh, you know what? Like, let's best player available. No, you don't, you don't have that luxury. Taking a running back at, at number 12 when 
there's a lot of look, the, the Detroit Lions are playing really good football this year. And it's got nothing to do with Jameer Gibbs. But Joe Chain is going to be that different than been, Gettleman, though. That could have been an impact player that the Lions got. And there's a good chance that when their second pick came up, Gibbs would have still been there. But again, Joe Shane is not going to be like Gettleman. We, you know, Gettleman made the we took the best player available line. And, you know, I think Joe Shane will not only take the best player available, but take the best player available at need. That's the difference. Like you said, not just take a running back to take a running back. The Giants have still needs. We need another defensive end. While Kayvon is turning the corner, I'm not, you know, I'm not sold on Aziz. Aziz Ojalori cannot stay on the field. No matter how much of an impact he makes while he's on the field, we can't, you know, can't trust him. O'Shane Zeminez just cut the other day. You know, he's no longer with us. We need that. We need another defensive tackle. We traded Leonard Williams, and you seen what happened last week when we didn't have, you know, Dexter Lawrence. We looked below average on the defensive line. The, you know, below average Patriots ran the ball up and down on us. Jahadi Ward, by the way, might be the most underrated guy on that Giants defense. And McFadden, probably. I think McFadden because. All right. All right. All right. right. Let me correct myself. Let me correct myself. The most underrated guy in the on the on the defensive line is Jahadi Ward. Yeah, definitely uh McFadden just just overall. Yeah, I'll I'll definitely give you that. That kid's been phenomenal all season and uh I I hope he's justly rewarded by the Giants. Okay. Because again, we 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 know we've been through the story of Blake Martinez, uh the other kid we lost in Minnesota. I can't remember his name before that. He was really good. Uh, we again, we these positions that we continue to lose that we just can't replace. It's been a while since we've had a Antonio Pierce style middle linebacker, and it, again, middle linebacker is a spot of need. Kick return, punt return. I would not ever complain if the Giants, you know, first round pick took a dynamic kick return, punt returner. I, because again, it's it's an impact, immediate impact. It's not the best choice. It's not a choice that I want them to make. No, but if it was a choice that was available, say the Giants did mess around and end up winning a playoff game because they got in against a weak team in a wild card, God forbid. And then now the Giants are stuck with a 26-20. If you're up that high, I would rather you go and get somebody who's going to make an immediate impact like that instead of reaching and grabbing these. I think the Raiders did that like 20 years ago with Darius Haywood. Darius Haywood's oh, what was his name? Oh, Darius Haywood Bay, yeah. yeah. Bay, that's it. Hayward yeah. Bay. Yeah. Uh I think they took him seventh overall. It's and nuts. and yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> but again, listen, credit to the Raiders because you know, drafting uh Sebastian Janikowski in the third round or uh, you know, Hayward Bay number seven overall, and it's like the thought was it's a position of need. It's an impact position. It could be a game changer in the case of Sebastian Janikowski. I mean, it worked out that, 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 that guy made 60 yard field goals, a thing in the NFL. He's a Hall of Famer. Definitely. A Hall yeah. Of Famer. No um, question. You know, unfortunately, as far as, you know, uh, Hayward Bay is concerned that that didn't pan out and it being a first round pick, it, it really blew up in their face, but, so did Jamarcus Russell. 
So I mean, no, what is it? What does it work? I mean, I'm saying, what does it work? <laughs> well, not not for nothing, Jay. What is that guy? Three kickoff returns away from being a superstar. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that could have been brilliant, but it it didn't pan out. I give them the credit for for you know what? Like that's what they wanted. That's what they needed. That guy was available. Go for it. I I would never be mad at a GM who was like, I picked this guy. I stand by. Here's the reason. You see all the nonsense going on in Carolina right now where everybody's like, well, I wanted C.J. Stroud. No, you didn't. No, you mm-hmm. didn't. Everybody thought little old Bryce Young, little 5'11 Bryce Young, 5'10 Bryce Young, maybe 5'9 Kyler Murray. It, it, it's all it's all hindsight. No, again, it's 2020. It's like you I just, said. Well, and again, right? Right, Ohio State quarterbacks don't cut it in the NFL. CJ Stroud, guys who score poorly on the Wonderlack test, they 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 don't they don't make it in the NFL. CJ Stroud, guys who aren't uh, accurate in the in- intermediate zone don't make it in the NFL. And and CJ Stroud was like, really? <laughs> Hold my beer, because uh, that's really worked out very well. But again, it's a crapshoot. You never know. Uh, Peyton Manning, Ryan Leaf. For anybody who's like, who the hell is Ryan Leaf? Yeah, they were people that wondered if if Ryan Leaf wasn't a better quarterback than Peyton Manning coming out <laughs> of college. Imagine the thought. There were it's... people who thought that Ryan Leaf's career was a disaster. A disaster. Jamarcus Russell, who you mentioned, another guy who Vince Young Another superstar from Texas. Like, oh, he this kid's going to dominate the NFL. He wasn't a disaster. He wasn't even no, he was a disaster. He wasn't what he was say, supposed to be. He, no, no, I, that, but that's what I mean. Listen, if if you're projected to be a number one pick, they're talking about you being a 10 to 15-year starter. Maybe they're talking golden jacket, you know, a little prematurely, and, and you don't even come close. You don't have a season where you threw more touchdowns than picks. You're a disaster. That's awful. But again, listen, I'm I'm agreeing with you here. I, I think you're exactly right. It's it's easy to look at what someone did in college and to try to project what they're gonna do with NFL talent around it, but it matters who your coach is. It matters how many offensive coordinators you have in your first four years. If the answer is four, it's not going well. And you're not progressing because you keep learning a new offense. So, you know, you like, like you said, look, you, you can't project. You could take a guy like Caleb Williams and maybe he goes to the Giants and he's a disaster because they still don't have the offensive line to protect them. That same guy, hold on, that same guy could go to New England. And Belichick turns him into a, you know what I'm saying? It's like, there's so many factors with all of this and, and, and cap space and draft picks. And just, there's so many things that you, it it's, you know, I, 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 I again, as someone who's been a Giants fan for like a hundred years, the, the Eli Manning for Phillip Rivers trade. <laughs> I had a buddy of mine tell me that the Giants would have won four Super Bowls with Phillip Rivers. I think that's insane. That's insane talk. He had a better uh, well, team with the Chargers. If I'm being it, honest, the Chargers have a, a better overall team. Ready? The argument is the Sean Merriman and Ladanian Tomlinson picks, I think, were giant picks that went over to 
No, 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 no. It was Ladanian, it was Daniel Thompson was, was traded for Michael Vick. That was that was way who, before. Listen, whoever it was, I don't remember whoever it was, but it, it listen, I don't agree with it, Zay. I don't agree with it. I think they I don't know if they would have won any Super Bowls with Philip Rivers. It's easy to say, well, look at the career Philip Rivers had. Well, would he have had that career in New York? We have no, no it, idea. It helps we to have just all the same tight end. <laughs> just the same, if Eli went and played in San Diego, would he have put up Peyton Manning numbers? Would we talk to, be talking about a first ballot Hall of Famer? Would he have won a couple Super Bowls? In the, there's no, there's just no way to know. Joe, being there's no way to me, know. Between me and you, offensively, did Eli Manning play with any Hall of Famers? No. 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 Philip Rivers had not only LaDainian Thompson, but also had Antonio Gates. Maybe Tiki yeah. Barber, maybe, but again, that's he didn't win with Tiki. He won Fair. with three. He won with three guys we picked up off the, sh- the streets. Yes, and, and a receiver that Pittsburgh didn't want anymore. <sighs> Boy, that's a lot. <laughs> All right. Oh man, but that's I feel better. I feel yeah, better. You, you got it off your chest. You feeling good? We thirteen. All it's all out. <laughs> That's it for us, folks, today for our bi-week report coming to you live on week 13 of the NFL. We will be back next Saturday around this time, somewhere around here, where we will preview the Giants' Monday night football game against the Packers, where the Giants will most likely be starting their playoff push run, or whatever you want to call it, towards the end of the season, and obviously screw up our draft and make a lot of Giants fans mad. But, again, we'll be here. Joe be here. Hopefully, Sean will be here. And we'll be here. We can all cry and laugh together. Until next time, folks, this is Joe with the G-Man. I'm your host, what the most, King Zay, and your boy, Joe Aguirre. Peace.